Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to your Rose Bowl history, as we are going to talk today about four great Rose Bowl games that happened in the late 60s, early 1970s. The 55th through 58th Rose Bowl games. The first one starting in 1969. And boy, do we have some great contenders playing in these games. 1969 in Pasadena was all a buzz December 1968 when it was announced that a de facto national championship game would be played for the 55th edition of the Rose Bowl game. On Wednesday, January 1st, 1969, the defending national champions, the USC Trojans, who were number two in the polls in 1968, would face the top-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. It was John McKay's coaching style against Woody Hayes' coaching strategy. Not only did this game have high-profile coaches, teams, and top college football players, Heisman Trophy winner O.J. Simpson would play in his second Rose Bowl. Meanwhile, the Buckeyes would let loose the super sophomores, consisting of Leo Hayden, Jim Otis, Jim Stillwagon, Jack Tatum, John Brockington, and Rex Kern. Southern Cal started off the game hot as they jumped out to a 10-0 lead after O.J. Simpson scored on an 80-yard run, and Ohio State clawed their way back into it, tying the score at 10 by halftime. The Trojans were their own worst enemy when they let Ohio State take over the competition by fumbling the ball away at their own 21-yard line. OSU inched the pigskin inside in a a five in just a few plays and then scored on a Rex Kern pass to Leo Hayden of four yards. A bit later, USC coughed up the ball again, setting up OSU at the 16-yard line this time. And like clockwork, the Buckeyes took advantage as Ray Gillian caught a 16-yard pass from Kern. O.J. Simpson ran for 171 yards and a score. However, five Southern Cal turnovers in all, including two by Simpson, were too much of a hole to climb out of, and Ohio State won the game and the national title. 27-16 was the victory. Buckeye sophomore quarterback Rex Kern was named the player of the game. 
exactly one year later, we had the 56th Rose Bowl was played Thursday, January 1st, 1970, featuring the USC Trojans once again with John McKay at the helm, you know, champions of the Pacific 8 Conference, playing coach Bo Schembechler's Michigan Wolverines this time. Michigan had dropped two early season games to Missouri and Michigan State, but rebounded to record an 8-2 record on their slate. USC earned a 9-0-1 ledger by tying Notre Dame and defeating UCLA on a last-second controversial play. In the game, the first half scoring was limited to a Ron Ayala 25-yard Southern Cal field goal, followed by a Wolverine three-pointer kicked by Tim Killian from 20 yards out to not the score at halftime 3-all. The Trojans broke the tie with a game winner in the third quarter on Bob Chandler's 33-yard pass from Jimmy Jones and a subsequent Ayala PAT kick. It was the final score of 10-7. USC was the winner, and with the victory, the Southern Cal ranked third behind the undefeated and untied number one Texas and number two Penn State. Wide receiver Bob Chandler was declared as the game's most valuable player. The next year was 1971's Rose Bowl. It was the 57th game called the Rose Bowl, and it played on Friday, January 1st, 1970. The Stanford Indians of the Pacific 8 Conference faced the second-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes of the Big Ten Conference. Woody Hayes led the Buckeyes, while Coach John Ralston guided the Cardinal and their Heisman-winning quarterback Jim Plunkett. OSU was undefeated at 9-0 and was ranked as the top team in the polls. But for some unknown reason, the Buckeyes gave up the number one spot to Texas after defeating Illinois 48-29, a head-scratcher. All the Longhorns did was knock off unranked Rice 45-21. The following week, Ohio State was soundly defeated number 20 Northwestern 24 to 10 but again they dropped the place to third in the rankings as Notre Dame moved up to second after a route of Navy. Stanford suffered three losses in their 1969 campaign before meeting in this big game in Pasadena. The Cardinal came out swinging in the first quarter taking a 10 to nothing lead on a Jackie Brown four-yard run and a Horowitz 37-yard field goal. The Buckeyes responded with two John Brockington one-yard runs, and Stanford stepped it up in the fourth quarter, another Brown one-yard run, and then a Randy Vitatha 10-yard pass to Jim from Jim Plunkett to win the game 27-17, and Plunkett was the most outstanding player of the game. Speaking of the Stanford Cardinal, they returned to the 1972 Rose Bowl again after the 1971 football season. This time, their opponent from the Big Ten Conference was the fourth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. And once again, the Cardinal was the underdog, with their three losses entering the game against an undefeated Big Ten opponent, same as last year against Ohio State. It was the first Rose Bowl meeting between the two schools since the Tournament of Roses football contest in 1902. And remember what happened there? Michigan won 49 to nothing. Well, in this one, the field surface was soggy and slow after rain dampened the week prior. Stanford's Ron Garcia missed two long field goals early in the game. On the other side, Dana Coyne made a 30-yard field goal for the Wolverines. This allowed them to take a 3-0 lead into the locker room at halftime. A pivotal drive occurred just after intermission. Michigan methodically drove most of the length of the field. However, Stanford stopped the Wolverines on 4th and 1 at the Stanford 4-yard line. The Cardinals then took the ball and marched down to tie the game on Garcia's 42-yard field goal. Michigan's Fritz Seiferth punched in a touchdown from one yard out on a dive to put Michigan up 10-3 just a bit later. Then Stanford got the ball again. They faced a 4th and 10 situation from their own 33. Coach John Ralston called for a fake punt 
with Jim Keel receiving the snap and handing the ball back to Jackie Brown through his legs. Brown took off running and carried it forward 33 yards for a first down. It was a surprise on Michigan. Moments later, Jackie Brown rushed again with a 24-yard touchdown run to tie the game. Michigan in the fourth quarter got something going themselves. They recovered a Stanford fumble near midfield and after a series of short gains, faced a fourth down with time running out. Wolverines attempted a 46-yard field goal, but the kick was short and right and the Stanford safety Jim Ferguson caught the ball and tried to run it out of the end zone. He was bobbed and weaved and got out to the seven, but then cut back to center and regressed towards the goal line. Then he was forced back into the end zone by Ed Shuttlesworth for a controversial Michigan safety. It was evident to most watching that his forward progress took him out to the three-yard line, but the official's call stood nonetheless. Michigan was up 12-10 with three minutes remaining, and Stanford went on a drive that led to a field goal with just 16 seconds on the clock to upset the Wolverines 13-12, and Cardinal quarterback Don Bunce was voted as the game's most valuable player. Now that is four classic Rose Bowl games, if I've ever heard it. You had the best of the Big Ten, the best of the Pac-8, and boy, did they knock heads. And, uh, you know, there were some repeat teams going in there, but you had some great stars, some great plays, some great coaching, and some on a big stage there on January 1st in Pasadena. We hope you've been enjoying this Rose Bowl history. We've been enjoying the bringing it to you, and we've got more coming. We're going all the way through all 108 Rose Bowl games, and we're only about halfway through. So stay tuned tune in for next time and watch your calendars and your favorite podcast providers and a good way to know is if you follow us and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider you'll know exactly when the next episode is dropping there might be another one today you got to keep an eye out Uh, also uh, the best way is to join our newsletter we send that newsletter each and every day out at 6 30 a.m we tell you everything is coming out of the pig pen including rose bowl coverage and all of our podcasts so it's real easy to do go to the Uh, show notes of this very podcast or at the top of the page of pigskin dispatch or jerseydispatch.com and become an email subscriber you can cancel at any time so till tomorrow everybody have a great gridiron day peeking up at the clock the time's running down we're going to go into victory formation take a knee and let this baby run out thanks for joining us we'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. 
and he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.